0: Welcome back to Soccer in the City, everyone. It has been a long time since we've been with you. Tom Kolker, Glenn Crooks, John Rojas, Roberto Abramowitz, we've all been quarantined, but we're free and we're out now, and we're excited to be back with you. So much to talk to. We're going to get into everything that's gone on since MLS is back in New York City, scheduled through now as we get you set for the next matchup against TFC. But before we get into everything that we need to go over since we've last been on the air and with you uh, on this podcast. Let's just kind of reset things as we're now uh, partners with again, WFAN and radio.com and hopefully getting some new listeners on here. So there might be some folks who are listening to for the first time. So we welcome everyone in. We focus on New York city FC, but we also talk a lot about MLS and everything that goes on around MLS. So let's reset the lineup. Uh, I'm Tom Colker. I'm one of the play-by-play voices of New York city FC. Uh, joining us every week is Glenn Crooks. He is also a play-by-play and Analyst for New York City FC and has his own show on Sirius XM. Uh, the Coaching Academy with Glenn Crooks. Glenn,
2: that a boy, come back in. Thank you, thank you. And uh, you know, I'm. Uh, this is great because I uh, I wasn't going to cut my hair uh, until we started soccer in the city again. So it's just uh, I've got an appointment for Wednesday and everything's going to be good.
0: And used to have you been coaching this whole time, Glenn?
2: Uh, I have up until the point I coach a high school age group. So the high schools in New Jersey are cranking it out on September the 14th. They started uh, training. October the 1st are the uh, first games. Uh, so uh, up to that point, uh, I was uh, training some teams up at PDA. So, uh, yeah, still, still involved, but mostly uh, just hanging out in my basement here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Calling a lot of soccer. Yeah. All right. One of the other voices on the podcast is Roberto Abramowitz. Mm-hmm. He is the Spanish play-by-play voice of New York City FC. You also hear him doing NBA, NFL. He's as busy as he's ever been, which is always great. Roberto, welcome back in.
3: It's so good to be back here. I've missed you guys doing this podcast. Obviously, I get a chance to speak to you on a personal level, but uh, it's great to be back here and uh, talking soccer with everybody. It's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to, to have this back, and I want to thank uh, the people who uh, we've been dealing with at uh, Cadence 13, at intercom and WFAN, especially uh, Mark Chernoff. Uh, who's been instrumental in getting this all back. And uh, I think our COVID pause wound up being a little bit longer than we expected it to be, but uh, everything is set. And uh, there's a new lineup uh, of podcasts that WFAN has, and I'm really thrilled that uh, they're happy to have us back and uh, they're, they're happy to feature us. So thank you everybody. And it's good to be back.
0: And the final man, uh, a gentleman that I like to consider and call the most connected man in the entire world of soccer John Rojas. He was a former analyst for New York City FC. Uh, he does a great job. He does a lot of pieces for uh, MLS.com and MLS uh, on the Spanish side, but he, he breaks down, does a lot of tactical work. Um, he is one of the most uh, clued in guys in terms of just a, not only MLS, but everything that goes on, especially in South America and Colombia. Uh, so for tactics and everything and uh, in terms of player movement and guys that might be coming in and out of the league uh, john is a great source if you are just a fan of mls and soccer in general john welcome back
1: thanks tom uh, i'm glad to be back with you guys between tam and gam and and dp's contracts it took longer than we expected uh, we're here and, and and i love it
0: well we had to use tam to get you back on the podcast but it was well worth it all right guys Yeah, i took the
1: cut <laughs> you it. it's nice. Yeah, you were DP
0: status for sure before. <laughs> uh, so much to get into, really, since this podcast was last on the air, and you know we can we can look back at MLS's back. Uh, we can, um, you know, there's a lot to go over in terms of where the team is and, and how we've gotten to this point. But let's just kind of reset the scene a little bit. Uh, New York City, you know, coming into uh, the game as we get set for TFC right now in fifth place in the Eastern Conference, 17 points. Uh, you know five five and two Uh, they're unbeaten in six straight which is tied with orlando for the best in major league soccer both four wins and two draws so they're playing well the issue for new york city thus far has really been goal scoring just 10 goals that's tied for fourth fewest in major league soccer so the, the defense is playing well sean johnson has some of the best numbers overall for a goalkeeper in major league soccer including saves and save percentage so the defense is doing his job. Uh, the nice thing is New York City's managed to climb up the Eastern Conference standings despite not scoring a lot of goals. Remember, you go back, guys, just a couple of weeks ago prior uh, to the start of, of Phase One, Phase Two of MLS after the, the Welcome Back Tournament, and this team was below the red line, and there are there are ten teams above the red line, so it was looking grim. But what a difference a couple weeks is make. A couple weeks makes. Uh, so the team in, in a much better position just in terms of the standings, but. Glenn, as we, as we kind of focus in now on, you know, the last match against New England, I think a lot of fans may have felt a little disappointed about the scoreless draw. They didn't have a lot of chances. They were missing key guys. Uh, and I think more than anything, uh, it, it just shows you, again, how important Maxi Morales is for this team. Look, he's an MLS All-Star, uh, MLS Best 11 uh, the numbers bear that, and he's had a couple knocks this season, and now he's going to be out for, it looks like, at least another three or four weeks with a knee injury. Uh, and there are key figures that get moved around when he's not in and available to go. Uh, and when you don't have your playmaker, it really affects everything on the field. Uh, let's start with that New England game a scoreless draw. Uh, as you've had time to think about and reflect on that one, what did you take away from that match?
2: Well, first I'd like to say uh, – It's amazing that a team that has scored only 10 goals in 12 matches is fifth in the Eastern Conference. Now, you you talked about, you know, where they ranked in MLS, you know, near the bottom, but they've only permitted nine goals, which is uh, the second-best goals-against figure uh, in MLS. So, plus-one goal differential, so so they're hanging in there. Uh, Yeah, the Maxi Morales situation, I I think, is concerning from the standpoint that he's had quad – Calf and now knee issues. At the age of 33, uh, we were all, uh, you know, we were all clamoring last year for New York City to re-sign him. Uh, I, I don't regret that they did that and have done that, but. I think he's certainly, you know, in, in an age range where injuries are becoming a little more prevalent. And they're trying to – and Ronnie Dyla, the head coach, has talked about it several times where he's, he's trying to protect Maxi Morales, not push him as hard in training, you know, just so he can get him for what he had hoped uh, a full year. You, you mentioned uh, the, the New England game. The first New England game, September the 2nd, Maxi started it. And that was his first starting assignment in a while, coming off the injuries. And I remember in the pregame show, Ronnie stating emphatically that we just need to keep him healthy. You know, that's the goal. And then just a a couple of matches later, uh, he goes out four to six weeks. Uh, He's got a uh, MCL sprain, very similar to what uh, Michael Bradley, he won't be playing for Toronto FC. He also suffered uh, a similar injury on September the 1st against the Montreal Impact in a 1-0 loss for them. So, yes, Tom, uh, Morales is uh, critical to what they're trying to do in terms of uh, creating chances and then finishing them. He's not going to be around, so they've got to figure out. They don't have anybody, uh, from what I can tell, in the squad that's, uh, that's like him. You know, and, and I just remember Patrick Vieira using the words, unlocking the defense. That's what they got with Maxi Morales. They don't really have anyone – um, that can uh, can play that exact role. So there's got to be an adjustment in there.
0: Roberto, what did you make of uh, the match, the last match against New England, and just the overall theme of the lack of scoring for New York City uh, here through these these last few matches? Uh,
3: it, it goes to show how important Maxi Morales is because uh, the team has come to depend upon him. Uh, uh, to me, he's the most important player. On the team, and uh, you notice him more when he's not there than anything else. Unless remember that last year he was a leading assist man in all of MLS with twenty uh, with twenty assists, which tied him for third all time or tied him for second all time. Um, so, uh, you know, you obviously need him. Now you have depth in the position with Jesus Medina. Now, by having depth, doesn't mean that you have inequality of that it's not the same thing and then Jesus Medina wasn't available for this match in, in England either so uh, then where, where do you get your creative juices from in in this formation at least the way that they started out the whole intention was to have Alex Ring play that position and he's been you know basically all over the place for for the team they've tried him in different positions depending on what the needs are <laughs> to see how they can try to create some more offense but I mean that's not his position and that's not what he should really be responsible for and when you start looking down the lineup and who scored goals and you know who's helping create and finding things and you find that Anton Tinnerholm is so important and he's got two goals and you find that Alex Ring is a leading scorer with three goals and then you don't have Jesus Medina who has I think improved considerably from last year to this year and maybe a lot of the stuff that he does especially defensively I think sort of gets lost and i've been one of his probably one of his biggest critics of you know not being a value player and in mls that's so important over the fact that when you're spending designated player money on him and then he's not creating what you expect him to create based on the fact that he's taking a dp spot you know that's important but i thought this year He's shown much of it. He's shown much improvement. He was very good, especially in MLS back. He was uh, scoring goals for the team, but uh, they miss Maxi. And when you don't have Maxi, and you don't have, then you don't have Medina. It's sort of hard to, to find uh, players who are going to be able to uh, to be able to create. So they put Mitridze back in the lineup after being absent for two. Roberto, games could I, Roberto, before
2: yeah. I forget, I just want you, just back to Alex Ring and Ronnie Dylas said this in, in the pregame briefing. Um, yeah which I encourage people to listen to, you know, I, to Bond's you, I'm trying to get the club to push it out more because he says things in every one of those and you guys listen and hear it, you know, that, that are unknown up until that moment. And uh, the thing he said about Ring, he wasn't expecting Ring to be the playmaker. He wanted Ring to be the guy that defended in there because there were uh, he expected a lot of long ball service, first balls, second balls. And that's really why Ring came back into the midfield. And the interesting story there, Roberto, and I think really has to be discussed uh, amongst us is prior to that uh what is it the three games prior to that alex ring was playing wide left yeah in an attacking exactly. role he does have three goals and he leads the club in that department but uh it, it, i'll tell you what if alex ring leads his team in goal scoring at the end of the season there won't be much <laughs> there won't be much happening in the way of an mls cup
3: but yeah, yeah, you got problems. John, what's your – I mean, you, you're the analytical voice as far as looking at formations and how players play and all that. What do you think uh, of the way New York City is playing and uh, what does Maxi's absence mean for the team considering he's out for another month and a half?
1: Yeah, no, I don't I don't think that the, keep talking about Maxi's absence is going to help us much because everybody knows. You guys already talk about it and everybody who can watch NYCFC knows. You know, what is NYCFC with Maxi and without Maxi? Used to have a little idea. Carlos Vela has this close to the same kind of injury. Of course, everybody's different. Ages are different. Bodies are different. But Carlos Vela has been out six games since he was reported with that exactly kind of injury. So, you know, and and yes, Maxi is a guy who takes care of himself and, and he's a very you know, well-known professional and the way that he works. But uh, go ahead, Roberto.
3: I was going to ask you, John, because you mentioned Carlos Vela and his importance, but, I mean, this is something that you've written about and that uh, I've seen other people talk about, it, and that's the absence in LAFC of Carlos Atuesta, about Eduardo the fact that Atuesta. Eduardo Atuesta. Eduardo I'm sorry. The fact yeah. that he's been missing and how important he's been, really, to, to the team.
1: Right, but uh, I'm not talking, you know, guy to guy in comparing – the impact of Carlos Vela and LAFC, and the impact of Maxi Morales. I'm just saying that injury he wise. is being exactly he being that long with that injury. You know, that's yeah, so what the I'm whole used to have an idea of how long it will take to Maxi probably to come back. But I didn't want to talk that much about Maxi. Right. What I wanted to talk is, I think we I wanted to be critical because I'm being critical of this team in the sense of um, we all know how Tati Castellanos were coming into this season. He was hot. He was scoring. He was giving everything. And Glenn, you speak with Ronnie more than anybody, at least us. And you probably have some you know, details of why he decided. Instead of trying to play with two forwards, and don't tell me that Ever cannot play side by side with Tati because they can. Of course they can.
2: Well, plus so for, Eber likes me, to, he, they can, uh, and Eber likes to drift into the midfield. And, you know, he, he, he's very good at, you know, coming and getting the ball and right. and, and, and finding like the pockets and, and good, uh, yeah, a false nine, uh, really good recognition as to what to do with his first touch, so things for like me, that. So the
1: point is, if you're lacking scoring opportunities, if you're lacking goals, why are you wasting that kind of tool that you have, a guy that is eager because he's coming out of the international tournament with the U23s, right, with Argentina. He wants to prove himself. And of course, we have to take into consideration everything that is happening, you know, the, the pandemic and many other stuff. I mean, social issues that are happening right here in the country and, and players are people and their minds may be some days in their place and some days not. That's right. They have families and all that stuff. Mm. You cannot train. You have to travel the same day. Routines are different. But, uh, you know, thinking on, on the way of the manager, how manage, how you manage these things. Yeah. I mean, you're wasting a big tool. Well, now, Tom, you're too close to here. Yeah. You mentioned how uh, Sean Johnson is at the top of every single statistic, right? When it comes to goalkeepers. Or at least the saving part of it. And, and right. His
0: job. He's about 80% coming in. Right.
1: Into so, if your goalkeeper is having that kind of numbers, I'm sorry, you cannot tell me the defense is pretty good because your Uh, goalkeeper he's being being paid for that yes to you know to save and and to keep the 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 clean sheet but if he has to uh, be himself in that much of a level is because he's getting too much shots on him well wait he's he's a leader
3: in save percentage it's 80.2 and so that doesn't mean shots allowed. That just means he's, whenever a shot does get through, I mean, he's number one as far as stopping them. It's not saying that he's number, that the, that he faces the most shots. I haven't looked up that. I think he did come compared. into the
0: week though. I think he was the number one. Yes.
3: What's that? As far as uh, shots, shots faced? faced? Yeah. Shots yeah. faced, yeah. Oh, if that's the case, then yes.
0: Well, let me ask you guys this. Um, and John, I'll go back to you we talk about this idea of scoring and, 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 you know, we all love listening to Glenn's interviews with Ronnie because there's so much insight there, but it's clear right now that for whatever reason, Ronnie obviously likes Eber. Uh, He likes Medina a lot when he's healthy and he likes Gary McKay, Stephen. He likes him a lot more than Castellanos and Matriza. And when you think about goal scorers to me, I would put those two guys ahead of Gary McKay, Stephen, just based off of what I've seen on the field. Um, even though Mackay steven has a Well, when you say coach. likes
2: him, though, I, I do want to interject. Yeah. So, I don't know if you say he likes Gary Mackay steven better than Tati Castellanos. And to go back and maybe answer your question, John, a little bit about what, what he thinks of Castellanos, I, I think at this moment he knows that he can put him on the wing, but that is not his preference. So it's – and I, I agree with everything you're saying about taking a guy who's a, a, a proven goal scorer, you know, out of the mix, you know, somebody who – who was just just ready to have a breakout season? I'm sure we all felt that. But, and, again,
1: and a, but, but a little he, parenthesis there, just because yeah. you know, you as a coach, you know how hard it can be taken as for you know from the player perspective. I mean, I'm really hard. I'm giving it all. Out. I'm ready to tackle this. I'm scoring for you, and all of a sudden, he's gonna put me on the shelves. And he,
2: and Dyler says he knows what he's getting from Tati every day. That it's, it's never uh, it's never an issue, but. He sees Tati and Eber as competing for the nine, and that's, but that's the way it is right now. I know, and, and that's
1: what I'm seeing, the mistake.
2: Yeah, and, so, and as far as Gary Mackay-Steven and Alexander Mitriza, when they started against this game, uh, uh, this New England game, Tom, it, he, he felt he had two, you know, for the first time in a while, he had two wingers, you know, who were going to, you, know, you know, were good players uh, taking players on and, and, and 1v1. I haven't seen that from Gary Mackay Steven yet. I know he's, you know, he's so, supposed to be an old school winger, yeah. you know, take players on, get balls across. I'd like to see him on the left side where he played when he initially uh, came on to the scene last year and he had some quality service from the left. His right peg is, it's not useless, yeah, but-, but it doesn't have much uh, in in the way of quality. And so he's essentially cutting in with his left and taking shots and, and hitting bending services towards the keeper. So I don't you know, know. I'm not I,
0: saying when I say likes the guy more. I'm not saying personally. I'm sure he likes all his players on a personal. No, no I, no, I just, even,
2: no, I meant even. I uh, meant quality-wise too. Yeah. It's just he does. It, he thinks he sees Makai Steven as having more winger qualities than Chate gotcha. Castellanos, and that's why he's playing. That uh, and and he likes the way Gary Makai Steven defends.
1: So, but Tom, you know. there's there's two things here. One, and most of what at least me uh said before about uh, playing Tati with Everett and all that stuff is what I would see as a good thing for the team, right? How I see the team that they can do with those pieces. But one thing is what we want the team to do and how we see the team could do. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is his plan, right? And the way he's seeing it. So if we're gonna analyze the team It's not about what we want. It's about what he wants in his plan. But in his plan, he's not winning either because he's taking choices in order to score goals and they're not scoring. Well, that's the whole thing.
0: That's the whole thing, right?
2: But he's talking about creating big chances. So he, he uses the term big chances and, uh, his claim is that they're getting as many big chances this season as they did last season. They're just not converting them, but who converted them last year with and Castellanos exactly. who's not, who's not playing right now. Mitriza and Castellanos ever, well,
3: ever number Eber, one, right? Yeah, I, I mean, ever, number one.
2: Yeah. yeah, but I'm, I'm just, yeah. And ever, I, I don't mean to leave him out. I'm just saying we're focusing on these guys that we know could score goals. And, uh, you the know, and it's
3: Shradi was also, you know, Oh yeah. We, we haven't even talked about Shradi.
2: Now there's yeah, a winger. Exactly. I right. like it,
3: you know, and like I like guys. the way he plays. So, I mean, it, to, to me, it's sort of like a, for somebody who said that he saw, you know, every single game during the pandemic that New York City played last year. And for him, I mean, not, not to see the value of playing Eber and Tati together it, it is a little bit intriguing to me. Well, he I tried it, that, though. It's
2: not the, like they haven't tried. They, there were two games where they played up top. The way it worked. I, and time? I'm saying no. They played out of a three-back system. They played Tati and Eber. He started them twice. I think it was back in Florida. I, I can't. Uh, yes, I don't remember was, which games. Florida, yeah. uh, and, it, and it was sort of a. It was. The, it was the Orlando match, and it was. The, it was poor. It was. The, it was one of the worst matches they played this year. So I think he quickly reverted back to the four-three-three or four-two-three-one which I think he's more comfortable coaching, and uh, he also feels like uh, the, the players he have has fits that role better, which Domain Teron pretty much said a lot of the time, too.
0: Let me ask you guys this, then. If everybody's healthy, who are your three? Who do you have? Who's up top and who are on the wings? Roberto.
3: Eber, Tati. The thing is that Tati plays on the right and so does uh, Ishmael Tajuri Shradi, although you can play him on the left. But uh, it's either Shradi or Mitriza. But I sure. definitely have Castellanos in there. Because you then done? you can also play around and and, and make and ch- change the formation and have two on top if you want, depending and on what, what's going on.
1: I totally agree with those three. Especially if you don't have Maxi. Because, you know, because those wins can help you a lot. On the defensive side... But on the offensive side, they can interchange, right? They're not static. They're really, really mobile. Yeah. And if you don't have a guy that is putting you, you know, those killer passes through the lines, you need to run. You need to pressure. You need to go at it. And and you need those guys.
2: But Trotty's one of those guys too. I mean
1: and Yeah, yeah. But Mackay Steven is not giving you that, for example. uh, And and then if you don't have that in one side, then you totally uh, predictable because you have it only on one side of your attack right so the opposition knows that you're going to come all the way to your left because the guy that had the, the run the most and work the most is Mitriza, then it's easy for them to understand it
2: and you got these fullbacks that want to get in and you, now you want to change the point that's Ronnie has talked about that uh, quite often you know the ability to move the ball right to left left to right and then create the overloads uh that's, you know, with Tinnerholm and Matarita, I mean, you've got uh, two of the better attacking fullbacks in the league. And, and if you have proper wingers out there, and they, can, they should be, boy, honest, they should be having a field day.
3: They should mm-hmm. be. They should be making great combinations, some of them coming in, cutting to the wing. You, you'd be driving <laughs> defenders crazy on um, well, who to cover. I mean, do, do the defenders cut in and go towards the middle? Or do, is it the wingers that cut in and the defenders go wide and spread out the defense? I mean, it worked like a charm last year.
0: Well, the last Not 10 minutes of the New year. England game, the, the most dangerous attacker was Tinnerholm. He, yeah. looked, like, he looked like the best offensive well, player Well, no, they T- had. Tinnerholm has but a better
2: right? wide wide yeah. take-on mentality than Gary McKay-Steven does. He does. I mean, it, it, it's pretty interesting. But, um, but you know, and McKay-Steven and Ronnie Diler were together at Celtic, you know, and there were yeah. things that went on there that uh, – and I remember the comment about two weeks ago where Ronnie said, uh, you know, he's starting to see the things that he saw at Celtic. So – um, there's something there. Uh, we don't see training. We don't see any training anymore because we're not permitted to go out there. And sometimes, you know, honestly, when we would go out once a week, we had a better feel for what's going on and what, what you know, what was happening and how players were doing. And we, we just don't have uh, any of that. And, and like you, John, you said it a, a while back, you just from day to day, you don't know exactly what's going on with everyone and uh, um, and what's going on in the back room. As far as the, the this group of coaches, a brand new staff making decisions and uh, it's, um, you know, Nick Cushing is the lieutenant to Ronnie Dyla, and those two are, are, are calling a lot of the shots here with Dyla, you know, obviously making the final decisions on these things. So
3: and also I- – the fact that when you were there, you got a chance to, even if it was just for a couple of minutes, just talk to the guys a little bit on the side. And maybe they're not giving you details of what's going on, but you got a little bit of a sense of what's going on and how they were doing and how they were playing and how they felt about themselves and what was going on. And um, it, without it, it's, uh, everything yeah. is via Zoom. Well, look, I mean, even da- at the stadium, we don't get to see these guys. Yeah,
2: that's crazy. But that's, you know, it's the right thing to do. But I what Ronnie died. And before we started recording, John and I were on early and we, we were talking about this. One thing you could tell, and, and he says it quite clearly, is that he has an idea of how he wants to play. And he is very committed to that and uh, he's committed to players competing, and this is not a, unique to a coach, but the competition that he's created in training, especially wingers sacrificing on the defensive side of the ball, if they do not, they will not play. Matriza has felt that. We'll see how it goes from here. And, uh, and just uh, as an aside here, I would start Castellanos ahead of Eber uh, on Wednesday night against Toronto FC, mainly because I don't know what you guys think of Omar Gonzalez. I don't know how much of the game you watched it, that they just played, uh, but I think Tati Castellanos can eat him up. I think he can eat <laughs> him alive. He should have if gotten an assist
0: on the Ola Kamara goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if not,
1: Eber should, to be honest. Yeah, but I Eber mean, yeah.
2: doesn't have the physicality. Yeah, Eber should. You're right, but but Castellanos is so physical, He he's he, he's, he's quicker. You know, he could work harder on the defensive side like Ola I Kamara. I
1: right now. I can be quicker than him right now, the Gonzalez.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah, that was, uh, and then he was involved with both goals, Gonzalez. Like, and maybe the keeper uh, Westbrook. I don't know who's. He's got great hair, man. I don't. You know, I, it's and it stays the same the whole match. It's unbelievable. But he um, he came out uh to make a save, and then it, Gonzalez was backing up, and they they sort of collided, and that ball just fell to. To Yao, the 70-year-old gets his first MLS goal, which was kind of exciting to see. But it uh, was nice to see. I was happy for him. Yeah, yeah. But Tom, by uh, the way, with
3: all this uh, complaining, if you want to, or criticism per se, uh, how many games in a row has it that New York City's lost?
1: Right. I was about to say that. I mean, you gotta <laughs> give it to him that right. it's six games without losing, and probably <laughs> that is the reason that he stick with, you know, not changing that much because coaches in England, you know this. Uh, you tend, as a coach, to say, "Listen, if we create opportunities, we're fine. At some point, we're going to score. Right. The problem is, if we do not create those opportunities, then I'll be worried." So, you know, he's probably waiting. Well, that's why he said
2: happen. they didn't create many chances. The other, you know, and that's why he said after the game he was he was very happy with a draw because you know he uh, I think he felt very strongly that they could have easily uh, lost that match. Yeah.
3: So let me go back to something. Let's go back to the defense a second because. Uh... I, I want to clear something up. So I've looked up the stats here. All right. So Sean Johnson is number four as far as shots faced in, in MLS so far. Number one is Daniel Vega, who's basically like in a shooting gallery in San Jose. Clement oh, yeah. Well, Diop. This week, yeah. <laughs> so, so he's got 71 shots faced in 11 games. He's out Clement of competition. Diop, right. <laughs> Clement Diop from Montreal, 66 shots in 12 games.
1: Same thing because it's a team that has played – the last two games with ten men. Yep.
3: Basically, Marco Modic
1: has
3: faced sixty-one shots uh for Houston in twelve games. And then in eleven games Sean Johnson I'm rather in twelve games rather, Sean Johnson has faced fifty-nine shots. So, so Roberto, when you look stop, at the save percentages, so Just when you second. look at the save percentages for Danielle Vegas fifty-three five, Clement Diop sixty nine seven, Marco Modic sixty two three. And Sean Johnson, 83-1, which uh, leads the league. There are only four goalies so far in the league who have a goals-against average of under one. Yeah, that's why the numbers... And Sean Johnson is number one at 75. That's why you need to learn
1: the numbers, you know, read the numbers with the game. Because the real competition there is Houston and NYCFC. And if you're not worried, because you are at the level of Houston's defense then when are you going to be worried? But you really think that the New York's defense is that bad? Well, I don't say it is that bad, but they they had a lot to fix. And, and, And they could be a lot better. And I'm not saying the four guys on the back, and I'm not saying – No, 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 it's team I'm defense saying, concept. Right, I understand that. It's course.
3: team defense concept because it's not just them and it's not the goalie. Well, but I'll defense,
2: tell you what. In my opinion, it's uh-huh. where they're losing the ball that is causing a lot of the issues. You know, you if you lose the ball in critical areas and your team, you know, they want to play with a big shape, so you lose the ball in a critical area and you're – you know, I know a couple of goals have been scored because of that where it's just quick transition and they can't, they can't collapse and get into their uh, – into their rotations or spots you know quickly enough and uh and and i think recently it's been better i mean look you chanel got red carded the first game three minutes in i i think sean johnson had eight saves in that game you know they obviously you're going to get bombarded when you're when you're down a player that early in the match and uh the uh the second game against toronto you know they still weren't they didn't have it yet. You know, they were not comfortable with the coach. The coach was not comfortable with his players. They, they just they weren't together yet. And I think he, you know, it was somewhere in the neighborhood of six saves in that game. So those first two matches in particular back in March uh, were, uh, were ones where he, he, he really was tested often. And, uh, and I think it's gotten a little better along the way.
1: And the big issue when you don't score that much is that a little yeah. mistake on the back. That's right. That's your game. Right, it magnifies it, for so,
2: sure. Hey, Maxime Chanot has been uh, – I think, you know, kudos to Chanot. He got benched earlier in the year at one of those games down in Orlando. And uh, as Ronnie Dialo uh, put it, he took it like a man. And he is – I i think he's been as good as he's ever been. I mean, he's not – he's hes solid. He's winning tackles. He's winning the air game. If he could put a head ball on goal – I mean, Matt Turner made a big save uh, up in New England the, f- what, the first time they played. I, I think that was that – uh, but uh, if he could be a little bit more accurate on set pieces, but I, I think he's – and Collins has been solid. So, you know, I look at their personnel. It's probably the midfield where it's breaking down a little bit, you know, where there hasn't been maybe that consistency in there. I don't know. You know, Ring is not a six anymore. He And, boy, he was he was so solid in their uh, deflecting and, and stopping the counterattacks. But James Sands, he's pretty good too.
3: Yeah, and, 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 so is Nicolaza, and so is Nicolás Acevedo, who I thought played a, a pretty strong game uh, in New England.
1: He should be starter.
3: So, his starter. So what's his so best position? You said, so what's you his... said that, John, and my question to you was, who do you bench? If you, if you start him, who are you benching? You're benching Sands, who's been absolutely solid all year long?
1: No, you play where, with where, three, Collins, Shannon, and Sands.
3: Also, I right, want to start three t- in the back again.
2: I, I, I like three in the back also because you have you have these That's guys that are their backs, Anton Tinnerholm and Ronald Matarita. Exactly. Man, are you kidding me? Let's get them wide and high and get them in. And then you have Castellanos and Eber up top. But what is your midfield if, if you're starting uh, Acevedo, what's your midfield construction there, sir?
1: Well, you could be there. Pair him with ring and give him ring the freedom, right? So Acevedo is going to be in the hole and or, or or you can just put him you you play ring on the side during the season. Right. And and then you go depending on the on the opposition.
2: Not bad because you've got you've dropped Sands into the back line where we know he uh, can be effective and is comfortable. So basically, and then let, you, let so Parks run King around Parks. No, you let Keaton Parks run around. He's he's in Max. He's I out like
1: Max. Also, now out. You're, so. so Oh, well, you he, mean now? But Maxie's what, out. What, what, Maxie
2: could be out for two months, man. Well, you, you, want to me talk.
1: That. you want me to talk to David Villa? You're talking now. <laughs> if we had David here, we would have the problem of scoring. John, is, <laughs> is
0: Acevedo, is his, is his strength as a number six? Because I was sort of under the impression that he was a guy who could kind of moved the ball around and, could, and was good at placing the ball and, and could be a little bit more offensive. But you go back to the New England game so many times not only was he deep but he was dropping in between the center backs to get the ball so is he more of a
1: defensive minded guy um yes but okay. if you play if you play a diamond in the middle with you know with two wingers he can play in any of the four inside that diamond in the middle of the field in the middle of the park so he can be a top at the bottom on any other sides of that diamond but yes his mind is a defensive mind yeah for sure he's, he's a simple player he's gonna like a dog run for that ball take it away and give it to the guy who knows that's yeah.
2: it yep yeah. no, uh, And he he's going to be mean,
1: very effective on that
2: yep yeah, and it just took him a little time uh, the other night to you know get a feel for it and and plus you so, so you're starting you're starting with uh, four changes he's one of them four changes in the lineup uh, on this terrible surface in new england which i don't think they watered because it looked really dry it did. and uh was raining no this not this last game it wasn't no no, two games ago, it was, it was raining the whole time. The field was right.
1: great. It was raining yeah, yeah, the whole yeah. time.
2: But uh, you know, and and I, I think he worked his way into the match, uh, you know, pretty well. I, you know, it would be. Uh, I, I like that. Let's go to three well, Glenn, as backman.
0: Well, do you think he? Look, we've seen Dyla throughout the year, and we saw it down in Orlando. He played three at the back, and we've seen different formations. Uh, it seems like recently on this run, it's been a four-two-three-one. Especially with Seattle, do you think he messes with that at all, or would?
2: Well, I think the three at the back against Orlando was unfair to judge because they had only started training that like a, I think a couple of days earlier. They didn't spend enough time on it, even though I, I think there might have been an assumption. Well, they played in the shape, you know, they've done this before, so it shouldn't be that dramatic, uh, you know, a, a change. And and uh, but but they were poor that match against Orlando until I think it was one of the hydration breaks. They just said, scrap it, you know, and then, yeah. uh, and, and then the shape changed and, and it got better, but it was too late.
0: Roberto, would you change anything headed into Toronto? Uh, yeah, I,
3: I think you have to because I think that you have to understand that you, you can't play with a natural 10 when you don't have a natural 10 on the team unless you've got Medina playing. And so then you've got to figure out different ways of being able to create goal scoring. Again, if he studied last year, you should go back and restudy it and see what worked when he used that formation because obviously it was successful for Dome. So there's got to be something. The, the, the personnel really hasn't changed. It's basically the same players. So why not try to figure something out there? And then I give if you the reason. You, But if you, if you think that Acevedo and Sands are both players that are going to help you there, then fine. Then you should definitely uh, do that. <laughs> I'm going to have to find a yellow card or something. This is for great, you, John
2: this the, the fact that soccer in the city is now a zoom call where we could see each other john uh, rojas has an hourglass or what do you call that it's a minute glass what is that 3 minutes
1: it's an hourglass
2: yeah and yeah. then he turns it and he's timing roberto's responses and uh, roberto <laughs> so we
1: we got to say we got to say in fairness that is only to roberto yeah. <laughs>
2: Is purple your favorite color? It's a purple yeah. one. Is it? Yeah. Nobody
1: else is on the clock. Except for yeah, people. only Nobody. me for some reason. Well, I don't
3: Christ. know. Am I getting paid for this? What's going on? Well, but so here's the done. other:
2: if you don't have a ten, a lot of coaches will play a four-four-two if mm-hmm. you don't have a ten. You know, if you don't have like the,
3: mm-hmm. you
2: know, the classic number ten. Right. Uh, but four-two-three-one, you play that when you have a classic ten. Yes. So it's uh, well, That's uh, what they've been playing. <laughs> Yeah, well,
3: that's but, well, I mean, normally I but, but Morales was there, but now Morales isn't there, and then you don't have the guy who's his natural replacement, who's so, Medina, and so re- you can't play that formation really because I you don't, don't see have somebody who's who's got that vision who can unlock a defense.
2: Medina's not a natural replacement, in my opinion. No. So I, I'm going to respectfully disagree. To supposedly, no, no, he, that's what he's I, no supposed I disagree. To be. I think Keaton Parks is the closest thing. I think Parks, you know, he, you know, because he's six three and he looks kind of gangly but you know he's smooth man and he could deliver left right um i i've said all i've said it since last year you know maxi Morales. you know you have a second playmaker on this team and it's keaton parks but he he's never you know and, I, and he probably just doesn't show it you know he's probably not showing it in training and, and he's
3: got the he's got the quickest feet and subtle i mean he's so good on the ball he really really is people should really watch him how good and clever he is with the ball at his feet well, well on, what's saying. your answer
1: no no I, i'm, I'm agreeing I'm a but the point is that unbeaten six, games, six exactly but but, but is that but is in, that
2: hiding something of a, of a greater nature you know exactly
1: is it, but that's why he is not trying new things or making changes at least not yeah. during games because right. he 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 wasn't he's not gonna take the risk right of losing a game where he's trying new things if he has this role of good results you know, well, he and a an tournament like in this sake. that he, he very well and next weekend, every single point matters. But, but, but Ronnie keeps on coming
3: back to saying, well, we have creating all these scoring opportunities, and we're just not putting the ball in the back of the net. At some point, it's, it's more than just that. I mean, because they're getting some results, but they're also – it's not like the, all these victories are clear-cut victories that they're getting. Maybe the one at New England when they won 2-0 September 2nd, that one was. But all the other ones have been hard fought. Look how hard the, they had to fight to beat Cincinnati the other day to beat yes. FC Cincinnati. And that was a game that they supposedly had in control. And then Brandon Vasquez came in and Brandon Vasquez changes the game. I mean, you can't allow Brandon Vasquez to change a game for you. That's what Barco said. <laughs> oh, stop, <laughs> it. stop it. Stop it. Well, there was a,
2: there was the three
3: three, oh, one, oh, three, just, three, three one win over a red Chicago. card for you. That is awful.
2: <laughs> three, one win for Chicago uh, over Chicago, two goals, second half. That was a pretty that was a comfortable victory. Uh, you Against know, I know it was 1-0. It I, no, I'm just saying we were talking about comfortable wins and that was a comfortable victory. Uh, I don't
3: know if that was comfortable. It was it was too damn hard fought for like 60 minutes before it became
1: quote the comfortable. He's, he's playing with bank money. That's what it is. And that's, you know, why. Like playing you with said, what? Like bank money. He's playing with house bank money. money because. House money. Oh, okay. house, house, house money. 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 Okay. okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. Because, Wrong trade uh, phrase This one is for me now yeah, yeah. well no, he's
3: uh, he's literally translating that's why oh is that what? <laughs> probably i don't
1: know i, I wasn't thinking on translate but probably yeah uh, but but that's the point you know that's why we don't see that much of 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 a change and and when he tried to, and when he changed he changed personnel because he has to but not because the idea is changing and and I, and again i said it at the beginning if you go if you're going to analyze a team you do not analyze what you think they should do. You analyze what they're doing under the idea of the coach because I'm yeah. not the coach. He is the coach. But the final point to that is that he as a coach is going to his idea and most of, you know, getting some points, he, his idea is not going to fruition right now.
2: Well, there's uh how how many games left? Not many, well, we don't even know when we're after what uh, I'm saying. Week, we what don't I even mean, know when the end games end are
1: in 2 weeks.
2: I so, come well, to worst. Yeah, but I don't think that's happening.
1: No, I don't think so, but
2: uh, the games are going to be played, but we just don't know. Now, here here's my question. So if New York City has played 8 of their 12 games on the road. That's where it is right now.
1: Well, they're playing every single game on the road.
2: So is when when phase the rest of phase 2 and phase 3 come out, uh, is MLS going to level that out?
3: No. No, they've already said that the two, that the first two weeks uh, don't count as far as home in a way, so the eighteen weeks that started after MLS is back is nine and nine. nine and nine. and mm-hmm. the teams that played more games at home or more games on the road, well, good luck or too bad. it
1: is that's what it the
3: is, way yeah.
2: it is. what is the most what is the difficulty now in completing this schedule? because the Canadian teams are here. they all have home facilities, interesting impact played at Red Bull Arena last night as the home team. And got smashed by the Union 4-1, and then even got Toronto. I, this is, uh, I they're in East Hartford, where New York City played that game against the Houston Dynamo uh, in 2017, because the Yankees had a makeup game and something whatever it was, you yeah. know, and, and they had to go up to uh, and and Pat, that's where Patrick went to play because it was the closest good pitch that wasn't Red Bull Arena.
1: Right, uh, uh, unbelievable. Get this one, Glenn, in, in yeah. that sense of, of the scheduling. Vancouver is going to face Portland at, at, at Portland and Portland is being the away team.
2: Yeah. yeah, I love that. I love that. So there's Portland in the away locker room. That's what I, I'm sure they are, right? No, no, they're, no they're, they're not, not going to happen.
1: Go. It's not going to no, happen. No, Why that, that, that's not? not happening. No. no, it's not happening. It's Why not? not? No, I would insist
2: on it. it, would insist on it. No. No. you insist wow. on. It. It's your home game. Yeah,
3: it's still, no, The so crowd, what? the only thing that's going to change, basically, it's is the that paper, they get to choose it. home uniforms right. and that the crowd pumped in will will, will be the Canadian. Yeah,
0: well, guys, listen, we sort of opened up the discussion a little bit here on some of the, the broader topics in MLS. So let's... No,
1: you know, wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Tom, just a little one, because I forgot that we were talking about the defense, right? Yeah. And, and it's a fact that New York City FC is... Looking hard at their defense as of having in mind the possibility, and this is not done, but it's not dead, neither to bring in an Argentinian center back, Christian Lema from Benfica. So, and and he is a center back, nothing but a center back.
2: Well, then you have to go to three at the back because he's not putting Chanel on the bench and he's not putting Collins on the bench.
0: bench.
1: Exactly.
2: You know, and then he's a 30
1: year -old old guy.
2: All right. Well, what hey, one 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 kind of uh, interesting stat I saw along the way too on the defending side. Ronald Matarita is tied for third in the league with tackles one which you know he's pretty good faced up. He he wasn't early on in his uh, NYC career, but when he's faced up, he's got that little he times that poke. But winning tackles means you get the tackle and you come away with it, and he's third in the league. So. I'm proud of Matarita because that was not always the case.
1: Well, as, as of that much, Glenn, that he in the one v one is a lot better than Goody. Oh, yeah. Yes. But yeah. Yep. Yeah, he
3: struggled a little bit. I mean, they, they, Bruce Arena put his game plan. We're attacking down the right side.
1: The only guy, the only thing that he doesn't struggle with is singing.
0: He's <laughs> very good with the, the other, other than that.
1: <laughs> other than that, I'm well, so sorry, but. Oh, well, let's
0: open up the discussion a little bit, um, and then we'll focus in on keys to the Toronto game. But look, uh, you know we're we're in this phase now of MLS, and I don't want to go through every team and break down every game. But I just want to get your guys' overall thoughts as to maybe some of the surprises and disappointments thus far. And uh, you know, Roberto, I'll start with you. you know, when I look at it. I think, and let's we'll start with the Eastern Conference, uh, Columbus, Philadelphia, Orlando certainly built off the momentum that they, that they had at MLS's back, and they're playing really well. I think Columbus is one of the biggest surprises of the year, just how strong they look. And conversely, how bad is Atlanta? I mean, <laughs> this was a team that was MLS royalty the last couple of years, and they look just all out of sorts. So, What have you made of the Eastern Conference? What's maybe your biggest surprise and biggest disappointment thus far?
3: Uh, my biggest disappointment, for sure, is Atlanta because they've just mishandled that whole situation from from day one, from uh, f- from Frank DeBoer, from the minute that they made the decision of bringing Frank DeBoer in. That was the beginning of the of the end because what they should have looked for is continuity. They should have looked for. Somebody who could take what Tata Martino was doing and continuing that, you know, and having something of the same sort of idea. It didn't have to be a carbon copy, but basically taking that same philosophy and using that with the players that they had. But uh, they didn't. They went for somebody who had a totally different system and totally different ideas and values and uh, didn't have the same appreciation for the type of players that that Tata had, and it just went all downhill from there. So um, that's my biggest disappointment because... just watching games in at Atlanta and in that those crowds and that atmosphere is just absolutely special. And I'd hate to see something like that ruined. I'm hoping that Atlanta fans aren't fair weather fans and that all of a sudden they disappear. I presume that they won't be. And when we were able to, to get people back in fannies and seats, then uh, that they'd all be back. But uh, watching them play now and looking at that lineup and looking who's out on the field, and how they're playing, it's just really, really hard to to think that this is the same team that was lighting up MLS last year. It uh, really, or the year it would, before rather. It would
2: really be interesting, Roberto, to to just to just be in the in the room and on the calls leading up to the hire of Frank Debore. And you've got Darren Eels and Carlos Bocanegra, you know, primarily making the decision. And these guys are they're they're bright guys. I mean, they're, they're, they've had, you know, they're, they're quality, you know, evaluators, if you ask me. I mean, I, I, I think they are. So I, I don't know why they would, number one, go away from a style that they created that was excited. That's where the, the fan base was there. But then it was brought to this crescendo because of the way they played. So you're right. I, I think somebody – and with, with a lot of uh, South American players, so – it, it was. Um, I, we were all shocked when you know, I, not just us, but the, there was a lot of shock that a, a, a Dutch guy four three three, you know, uh, uh, system systematic play. I, I just, um, I just, I never understood it. And then, uh, you know,
3: I didn't. I didn't either. So let me go to my two things that I really like. Okay, outside of New York City, and that is, and Columbus and Philadelphia are it. And what I like is. Aside from the way that they're playing, you know, Salarayan hasn't been able to be uh, 100% fit because of injuries and all that. And I think he's an exciting player who makes him really good. And when he gets to be back 100%, I think that is going to be even better for Columbus. I'm really happy for Gayasi Sardis. I mean, I, really, I mean, is there anybody who's taken more crap in this league and in soccer in America than him? Seriously. I mean, here's a guy who every time he comes on and is with the U.S. national team and everybody's like, oh, him. And he only, you know, he doesn't have a good first touch and he only scores lucky goals and all that. And this year, you know, just like last year, uh, you know, he's playing in a position that he was meant to play. In L.A., he was playing on the wing. In Columbus, Greg Berhalter put him as a center forward and Caleb Porter has kept him there as center forward. And he's thriving. I mean, he's really thriving and he's playing well. And I'm really happy for them. I'm really happy for him. I'm happy for them for the way that they're playing. And uh, I mean, it's just, they're fun to watch. And the other one is Philadelphia. Philadelphia Union has done a great job as well. And I'm thrilled, thrilled to see players, especially like, like Aronson. Just absolutely shine and it goes to show that a lot of uh, a lot of the teams in MLS and Philadelphia is showing it now that their system and their players coming through their system their use system and once they start getting a chance to play for the big teams that they, they get a chance to shine and Brendan Aronson isn't a player that's long for mls because he's going to be in europe very very soon and so you love to see these type of players break out appreciate them while they're here because you're going to start seeing them in germany in england in spain or in france so uh those are the things that i'm really really happy about and if there's one other thing that's disappointing okay and it's across the river to watch the Red Bulls just basically have fallen apart. The way that they're playing, the way that they can't get results, that's pre- it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad to watch that. I see you, John. I see it. My hourglass. Four uh, it still has some white three, there. Three, two, but there's,
0: uh, one. Glenn, anyway. what's, what's your biggest maybe surprise and disappointment so far in the East?
2: Just in the east,
0: yeah, we're gonna go to the west in a minute. Don't worry. Well,
2: I am gonna let John talk about Orlando City because I think that's gonna be his. So I am going to, uh, yeah, Columbus. I think it's more Columbus because uh, Caleb Porter. Um, I, you know, as a former collegiate coach, I know guys that come out of the American Collegiate System uh, don't always draw the same kind of respect. Uh, and uh, you know what he's done. Remember last year, he he called last year the toughest year he's ever had. As a coach, this guy's a you know an MLS Cup champion when he was the coach of Portland, and they were dismal last year. And remember, the franchise was saved. Still, nobody coming to the games, and they were losing. I, I forget what the uh, there, there was just the long stretch uh, of very poor play and very poor results. And to to stay steadfast and uh, reorganize. Uh, bring in some players who will fit what he, uh, you know, desires to do. I mean, look what their uh, eight wins, one loss, three draws. They've permitted four goals in 12 matches. I mean, that's ridiculous. Their goal differentials plus 16. So uh, it's um, – I, I think that's a that's a real success story uh, with a franchise that's going to have a new stadium. So I think that's, that's a very feel-good story that the, the crew was saved – Uh, Caleb Porter has further saved them I think with his organization uh, And uh, they've got a lot of new things Coming and I think uh, Good things ahead for the crew
0: All right, John, go ahead, take Orlando
1: Yeah, I mean If you don't have Orlando Among your big stories In the East, I don't know what you're watching Because We all know the story Of Orlando, I mean This is a team that came came to the league At the same time of NYCFC and never been uh, in playing post-season football. And, and not only that, but the way that everybody perceived that team in that organization was like, all right, you know, they're a joke, they're, they're not here to compete. And now uh, all of a sudden is totally overturned. And, and this is a team that went to, uh, to the MLS's back tournament and was really impressive. And it's keep getting better and better. Of course, with you know losses and, and and points on the road left. But but it's a team that is showing a style. It's a team that is showing that desire. It's a team that is showing uh, new guys like uh, Dyke, Daryl Dyke, for example. That is, uh, if you compare, uh, DK DK DK. Yeah. DK. Okay, if you if you see what uh, DK is doing then you go back to Techo Akin in and FC Dallas. And sure. he was, the, he was the, the rookie of the year. Right? And in uh, Colorado, Pareja had another rookie of the year. That year that he was in Colorado, 2013, I think, or 14. You know? So you got these guys, and, 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 and you got uh, Gerson Mendes, the Ecuadorian, and you got uh, Mueller, who is, we saw him last year, but now he's you know, top. If you look at Ron, who is uh, I think one of the best, you know, right backs in the game right now. So this is a is a team that has Nani, of course, but it's, it's, it's like Nani is one piece. It's not right. the player. It's not Nani's team. It's a team with a huge tool like Nani, and it's totally different.
2: Yeah, and Mueller's a a, a, a ble- complete, complete player. The beast. Yep, he's out of Wisconsin, you know, University of Wisconsin, and uh, yeah, but uh, he's he's contributing in a in a more positive and consistent way. Uh, he's very important to their attack. He's
1: very important.
2: He's very important. Well, that's good. So, yeah, and you know, for Philadelphia, you know, I, I Brendan Aronson, I think he's a very good player, but I think it's a bit overblown. I don't think he's ready he's for leaving. Europe yet. I don't he's think leaving. he's ready for Europe yet. He's that's leaving. my personal assessment. He's leaving. See, living, it. where's he going? He's
1: living in this window.
2: Okay, where's he going? He is going to Germany? Is that what you said, Roberto?
3: No, I don't know where he's going, but he's going oh. to go someplace. There's no way that they can – I think somebody's going to make uh, is going to make an offer.
2: Okay, I'll be very interested to see what his impact is uh, in Europe. You know, um, I just think he – I personally think he needs a little more time, but that's just my own assessment.
3: I think that in Europe, what's happening is that I don't want to generalize Europe per se, but in Germany, especially, there's become an appreciation of American players, where in England, I think it's different. And there's sort of like, especially by several managers, where there's a lack of appreciation of American players, and there's something in their mentality that thinks that, ah, you know, they're not, you know, it's America. But I think in Germany, as you've seen American players come up and thrive and uh, being, once they've been given opportunities, especially young players, and they've done as well as they have, then uh, more and more coaches are taking chances with American players. And you see, you know, somebody like like uh, Winston McKinney
1: Winston who winds McKinney. up going
3: from Schalke, you know, who, uh, did, you know, from Schalke, who's having a fire sale because they have, you know, tens of millions of dollars in debt. And so they've got to get rid of all their, you know, as many assets as they can to try to solve that. And he he steps into Juve and starts their first game and is one of the top players based on, I think it was Gassetta del Sport on their rating. He was one of their top players. So, uh, you know, good for him. And then the Germany, a couple
2: of of former NYC guys, Gio Reyna and Angelino Hmm. were both named to the Bundesliga best 11 this week.
3: Absolutely. Well, Gino Gio Reyna, the first goal that he scores is fantastic, and then you know he's he's fearless. He just goes one on one right in the box, gets pen, gets fouled, and uh, Holland uh, takes a penalty kick for his goal. So um, it's great to see what Gio Reyna has done. Here's somebody who's you know they brought him up well, little by little, didn't force him, didn't rush him, let him reach his uh you know his peak, and then move him up as they see fit. And it's fantastic to see looking forward to the next national team camp and games and see if these guys can play together.
2: Thank God for a Portuguese passport.
1: Oh yeah. Totally. yeah.
0: It was hey, Portuguese. Yeah. real quick, before we wrap up and get our thoughts on the matchup against TFC, I just want to touch on the West and John Rojas. I want to start with you real quick. What is going on in San Jose? Well, <laughs> 33 goals allowed.
1: <laughs> I know. And, and it's, it's, it's insane. But the, the teams in the West are having a really tough time right now. I mean, LA Galaxy, LASC, Portland. I mean, they're barely training. They're yeah. barely training. And, and in a system like San Jose's, you need to train because it's all mechanics. You need to move. Your movement needs to be connected 100% with the three guys around you. One of those guys who fail in running at the proper time. It, the hole is so much for the opposition team and, and you, can't, you can't fix anything if you don't train, you know? You got to do it on the board, it's hard. LA Galaxy is, is, is having issues. For example, they, they almost got stuck in San Jose because on top of traveling the same day, there's a curfew in San Jose and they barely made it to the plane because of the curfew. Those kind of things are crazy. And, yeah, that's, that's You know, it's, it's insane. Portland had to train twice indoors. LASC has to have a call with everybody on their facility at 8.30 in the morning to see if they can train there or they should move to the stadium and train. Everybody moving to the stadium and train because of the air quality. So those kind of things are too much. I'm, I'm not saying too much, but it's heavy. And, you know, And top of that, you have their pandemic and you have everything that is happening for those guys is insane. So in San Jose, yeah, go ahead.
3: So when you're, you're San Jose, okay. And Pelado Almeida, you know, basically has a raw deal there because of the fact that here's a great coach who has been given very little as far as talent to work with. And uh, he's doing, you know, basically the best as he can with what he has. And, um, is it hard to switch systems when you've been training a man marking system? And do you think that it would behoove him at this point, under these conditions, to maybe say, hey, maybe man marking and maybe the system I'm playing isn't right right now and I'll get to it, I'll get back to it later, but I can't do this now?
1: Nope. It's hard, it's hard for the simple reason that it's his system, it's his philosophy to see the game, the day-to-day, the team, the training, okay? It's not like, oh, I'm going to change this. You need to change the whole approach to your sessions, the whole approach to your gear, the whole approach to the way you evaluate players. It's not going to happen. They're coaches who build their careers and having two or three systems, and therefore they have training sessions for each system and connect the system in a way that you can work on them on a regular basis. And they're coaches who only see the game in one way. And that's why these coaches, Pochettino, Almeida, Bielsa, that's why they work that way. It's their way, period. For bad or for good. And and again, you do not analyze them because what you want them to do, but what they want to do because they're the coaches so no it's like you asking him to change his life philosophy it's not going to change
2: Biel- uh, That's speaking why. speaking of asked. bielsa leads seven goals of their first two uh, epl matches
1: i know beautiful <laughs> yeah three against liverpool not bad not, not, not bad at all, at all. and that either. roster is not you know yeah uh five four six you know premier league roster it's a roster that he basically respect ninety percent of the roster that he had in the championship.
2: Well, that uh, that Almeida, uh, the uh, general manager, apologized. The last time I saw an apology in public from a, an official from a club was Memphis Nine Hundred One, and uh, it was uh, and then Tim Mulqueen got fired the next day. Mulqueen, best friends with Tim Howard, Howard one of the. Uh, a uh, minority owners of the team the sporting director he's playing goal for a guy that you that trained him when he was 12 years old and he had to fire him i don't know who did the actual firing but uh, those things when you when you're when you apologize to supporters
1: well oof, that's <laughs> yeah but looking from the outside uh, two things looking from the outside you see that jesse furanelli brought in almeida to save his job because what was happening in san jose was nuts Mm-hmm. So the only way that he could stay in that post was to bring someone with such a name that people and owners are going to say, all right, something's going to happen here. So let's see what happens, Right? Yeah. So the other part of that deal is most likely in these cases, the agreement is I'm living if you're living," Right? So whatever tools you give me, I understand you probably have owners that are not going to invest that much. And we're gonna uh, have a project, and we're gonna uh, try to get the, the the youngsters time to develop and minutes to play, but I'm not leaving. If I'm the coach, if you're not leaving, so we in this together. So that's the other face of it. That's why he is, you know, secure there. The other part of the 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 um, the presser the other night. Well, Matias didn't come out to the presser. So that's why Fioranelli came to the press. Because Mattias wasn't wasn't able to do it. He was, that's what they say, a headache. Yeah, that's right. He had
2: a headache. I guess I'm sure he did. I mean,
1: Jesus. So, and and that's why Fioranelli came in. But at the same time, in that presser, Fioranelli said, this is not about the coach. It's about all of us. It's about the roster. It's about everything.
2: Yeah. And And we had to
1: face it. And funny enough, Matias gave an interview yesterday with an Argentinian media, you know, so he, he didn't talk to the media here, but he spoke with the guys in Argentina. And, and he, was, he, he was, he felt it, you know, he's feeling what is happening. He said, it's impossible. We spend hours and hours preparing the game. And then we see this, it's insane for us. I mean, it's painful and I'm sick of feeling this, but I'm not here for the money. I'm, I'm making exactly the same as I did in Banfield. And that happened probably seven years ago, six years ago, before he came to Mexico. Yeah. So I'm not here for the money. I'm here for the project. And this is a four year project. And, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not backing down.
2: I say grow his hair back. That's what I say. Maybe that's the pro. Strength. I think
1: that's the problem. Yo, you think of the Hercules problem? Oh yeah, yeah. totally
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know, I, I wanna I know we've you know, look, this is our first show back, uh Soccer the City, great stuff boys. But I did want to ask you about this Peter Vermise lucci Gonzalez thing. And I, I'm all from the standpoint that you know, teams when they take a lead, they they try to kill the game. You know, and I was, I didn't, so I'm working on this from not having seen the game, just like the highlights. And uh, I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a big cat guy, so that doesn't do anything for me, Roberto.
1: So. <laughs> the cat is going to have more time than Roberto speaking. Uh, <laughs> for those but of you uh,
3: just listening, because nobody of you has video except for us. Uh, my cat came in and decided to jump on my lap. So I decided to present them to the that's boys. That's nice. That's Continue, nice. Glenn. No, so but then uh, well, Vermees and... got
2: very uh, uh, actually confronted Lucci after the match because of the stalling tactics that the uh, FC Dallas utilized. No, what no. now?
1: There's two different things. One is the tactics, and and the wasting time. And he mentioned it at the pressure. Okay, Lucci spoke about it today.
2: Yeah, he spoke about it today. Yes,
1: the 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 conversation that they have after the game was supposed about some words.
2: Oh, from benches? Dallas
1: bench to the Kansas City bench. Okay.
2: Yes. And Lucci addressed that today and said he he would be sorry for anything that might have come from his bench like that or something like that. I don't know. Correct. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the idea is is that uh, guys were booked. Um, we've seen uh, New York City players book. Sean Johnson, how many yellow cards does he have for stalling? I mean
1: – Well, Dallas was <clears> – <throat> uh, Acosta was ejected.
2: Right. He got a second. He year. was sent right. off. So, yeah yeah of course i don't i don't know you i just I, I i wondered if any guys. If you guys watched the game a lot or you know saw it and and had any response to it because it just i don't know it's just it's what happens i you, when you're down a goal you're you're it always pisses you off i mean you know you don't you hate seeing it you know guys about ready to throw and then they leave it for the next guy all that stuff happens
1: but you eat it of course you like the game and i understand burmese burmese's point right if you love the game, you're here for the game, you don't want that to happen. You don't happen. want to you disrespect wanna, the game. Yeah, right, don't you want to play as team. much That's as you right. can, yes. all that. But you got to understand the other side too, you know. They're, they they had the lead. They had 10 guys on the field. They're going to take advantage of every single minute at the end of the game.
2: Exactly, yeah, they were down a player. And, so
1: it's, so um, you don't like that. You don't go outside in public and criticize the other team. I go in there, and he probably did because you all know Berbis. I go in there and criticize my guys for not taking the responsibility of doing yeah. every single thing to not get to that point.
2: That's right. Yeah, By the way, Sean Johnson
3: has eleven has zero yellow cards this year. How dare you upsearch his his reputation? He has zero yellow cards.
2: Well, I mean, we've done his game since two thousand when, when did he join the squad? Seventeen. This year. 17? You say,
3: I'm just saying you said this year. I looked it up. It's
2: zero.
0: Oh, okay. I in didn't the past, know I said this year. I thought I did past, Yes, he has. I can I can vouch for Glenn.
3: Yeah. Well, every goalie I'm sure has their yellow cards because they've taken maybe a little bit too long on a, on a Absolutely. on a goal kick. Yes, but I'm,
2: what I'm saying is it's just uh, it's 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 kind of part of it. But I understand but, that you, know, that this you, you want to respect the, the because... game.
3: Right, you do, no, but, but no. the same time, a referee, it's the referee's fault because if you, see, if you see a guy's taking a minute, then fine. Then you add
1: a minute and a half just to say. And the referee did it.
2: Yeah, the referee right, added so three minutes, I think three minutes of time. On top he of He the added five. three more over whatever the, the added time was. But almost yes. nine minutes. Good. So that's why, right.
1: listen, the way Lucci answered to this was as best as you can expect it. You know, he was really yeah. you know, soft on words, gentleman on his answer, and giving Burmese all the credit for you know, thinking on his way and doing his way of, of, of the game, and, and that's fine. Why
2: did Lucci only do that in Spanish? I wanted to grab that clip and put it up today, but it was in Spanish. Because the question
1: was in Spanish. All right. Listen, Glenn, that's the problem sometimes. You know, <laughs> yeah. you yeah. got Jesse Fiorenelli, right? Yeah. Going to the press conference when he doesn't speak with the media like for four months. Yeah. He's there because his coach is not there. And instead of asking, Jesse, is Matias Almeida, he is going to be the coach next weekend? Yeah. Or right. you here has some indication that the conversation goes in another direction, right? Yeah. The question is, can you tell us more about the comments that you made a month, uh, two months ago, three months ago? Oh, that, no. That's that you the are, that you were Listen, that you are going to um strengthen this team and this roster with some players coming to the to the project what mm-hmm. is his answer what is the you know common sense answer to that listen we just got trash the team is almost fighting and crying inside i'm not going to talk about new players yeah <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah. Not the moment is not the place.
2: The sporting director should not show up at the post match press conference. That's a big 10 for if, if uh, Almeida can't go, then one of the assistants has to go. Well, Why his now?
1: assistant is now with him. Remember? Pardon? His assistant, his first assistant is now with him. Uh, el Maestro, Roberto, se me olvido el nombre. Galindo. Yeah,
3: Benjamin Galindo, right.
1: Benjamin I Galindo. He suffered uh what? It's a, a pre-heart attack or a heart attack that uh, a couple of months ago, and he's back in
2: Mexico. I remember that. Yeah. All right. Well, and look, that's his number one. So we've got um, got a couple of broadcasts coming up on uh, Wednesday. So it's 6.45 airtime for English and Spanish, right, Roberto? Eastern time?
3: Uh, yeah. For the big match
2: against uh, Toronto FC at Red Bull Arena. So we'll be on the rooftop at Red Bull Arena. We're allowed to go to the home games. And on the road games, yes, what do we do, Tom? We just go to our...
0: It's it's <laughs> magic. I don't know how it all happens, but <laughs> I log onto a website. I see the game. I see you. I see Manny Lawrence. Yeah. And we hey, somehow make it all work.
3: Well, we and, did Actually, this weekend, we didn't. And uh, we had some technical issues with a broadcast. Uh, well, we got this to figure that yeah and so, but uh, we 've already spoken with all of our partners, which are like four, but there were two of them particularly <laughs> involved in this, and uh, we figured out exactly what the problem was, and um, it 's been taken care of for the next week for the next game. There will not be the type of buffering problems and connection issues that uh, we had in our game against New England that was frustrating to everybody or Whoa. literally frustrating to 69 was it 61 percent or 71 percent of the fans based on the statistics that, that we're trying from. to get in yeah that's yeah. that's what
2: we got today so uh,
3: <laughs> only 29 percent of the connections to tune in worked but they figured out why and <laughs> yeah. so now they'll all work
1: he <laughs> We didn't uh,
3: fire anybody, no. We, no, we give it, them a chance uh, to make it right. <laughs> well,
0: Roberto, tell people where they can, because you're doing NFL now, you're doing, I mean, you're a busy man. Uh, <laughs> uh, can I, I people am follow a follow you man. and keep, I, up to keep up with what you're doing and, and yeah, give everybody I've the got, site for the Spanish site.
3: I got, what, four games in the next, uh, in the next five days, two soccer, two NFL. It's going to be crazy. So uh, Wednesday night with Glenn, we'll be at the Red Bull Arena, Ariel Judas uh, and myself. Uh, we're going to be there. We'll be on Spanish. So the easiest way to find us is in nycfc.com slash radio. Uh, uh, we have a channel on tune in, but the easiest way to get there is just go nycfc.com slash radio. Once you get to the tune in channel, favorite it, then you can just go straight there. That's the easiest way to do it. Our pregame show will be at, uh, our games at seven, right? So pregame show at 6:45, and we'll be on for an extra 15 minutes after the game ends and, uh, that's out. So we'll be there. And then, uh, Saturday again, right, Glenn? Saturday, Saturday again again will be at Red Bull Arena against FC Cincinnati. Against, we haven't seen FC them Cincinnati. in a
2: while. Yeah. Yeah.
3: As they say, it's deja vu all over again. So again, 645 uh pregame show, 7 p.m. uh game again, nycfc.com slash radio.
2: Back to back home games at Red Bull yes. Arena.
1: All on the road.
2: Johnny Boy, all on the road.
1: There's two things there. Um one, if the regular season finishes today, the first opposition team for New York City C and postseason will be Toronto. So All right. So, so keep an that... eye on keep an eye on that game because it's going to tell you something, right? If you have today's conditions in today's game, you can study that game. And the other how, one is the how best. funny in... would
2: but how would that be? New York City has to go to Rentler Field to play Toronto. Toronto. <laughs> in the yeah, knockout round funny. of the playoffs <laughs> and it's possible yeah well done no, oh I don't my think so. gosh let's see what yeah, happens. We'll probably
3: let's play them in the regular season there when we get the rest of the uh phase oh, yeah, yeah. two and the whole phase three calendar
1: i guess so well they don't know i mean so far the canadians teams are prepared to be away from home for these three games right and if they come back to Canada right now, they're going to be in quarantine for 15 days.
3: Well, not only that, Americans can't travel, really. Of course. That's why the NHL but I mean, I mean, did everything I there. mean, they
1: playing again. You know, yeah. It's hard not, to be back in, in, <clears throat> they're in Canada. They're not going home. Yeah, they're not going Exactly, home. they're not going home. And the other thing is that the best reinforcement in defense that Ronnie Dyla can have right now is Yankee Stadium.
3: 70 by uh, 110 by 70. <laughs> you never
2: know. Well, the Yankees are doing so well, they're going to be hosting uh this best of 3 thing, or at least uh two out of the 3 if it um wh- whenever that starts. I don't I don't have the dates on that yet. But, you know, if the Yankees get eliminated, Yankee Stadium's going to be sitting there all all lonesome. <laughs> and
3: for what I've heard, New York City prefers to play there. So, uh, if if the Yankees do get kicked out uh there's a really good chance that they'll go and even though they'll be playing in an empty arena they'll well, post, uh they postseason is going
1: to be in a bubble anyways that's true that's moving to a bubble that,
2: that was the reason it's opening up whether the yankees yep. advance or not that that's yep. right that's right yeah uh well look uh for all you new yorkers and you D.C.ers, tom uh i'm here in jersey by the way here's the here's the benefit of living in the garden state okay and john you'll know this I went out today, and when I got home on the grill tonight with my chicken, uh, my wife and I, corn on the cob, Jersey corn, man, and cooked on the grill. Doesn't happen in the city. Jersey tomatoes doesn't happen in the Big Apple. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, And I learned today that you can freeze corn. You have to do – what do they call it? Uh, You have to put it in hot water and then cold water real quick, wrap it up, freeze it. And then you throw it on the grill. You can throw it on the grill two months from now. It's going to be great. What did they call That's, that uh, process? Know. Yeah, it was a very cool thing. That's like freeze-dried?
3: Is <laughs> it like freeze-dried? I don't all? know.
2: I'll let you know after I have one. You know, <laughs> February 1st, I'm going to have a cord on a cob.
0: Uh, mm, Tune in next grill. week for more cooking tips.
2: Hey, yeah, I, I, exactly. I get food I and wine, and fa- I'm, saving all the, uh, I'm saving all the recipes because I'm going to – when, when I start doing less things in my life, I'm going Glad to – Glad, did you more.
0: give out all your social information so I can ask John to do that, please? Uh, Coaching just, Academy.
2: Uh, yeah, the Coaching Academy, SiriusXMFC. I have a website, uh, glencrooksoccer.com. So that's new since last time we had a, uh, had a show. Is Roberto and, running uh, that for you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I still have a podcast, and we have this podcast. and uh, Just listen to the Ronnie Dyla pregame show, 645 i'll right. tell you why he's starting
0: people
1: maybe he's going
2: to three the back for this one
0: i doubt it but we'll see
1: yeah all
0: right john what are you working on these days
1: well i'm, I'm most of all i'm just doing tactical things and some uh, projects uh on that side analyzing video analysts but um people can follow me on J rojas 875. that is on on twitter and i i post a lot of uh, comments from the pressers in from different teams especially in yep. spanish of course but uh but, but that's something that i'm doing right now too so that will be that will be uh on my twitter handle all right. yeah follow john he's a good follow follow him
3: great follow if you really want to learn a lot about soccer uh, seriously
1: all right roberto for the next second i'm not gonna use the clock
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm at t kolker for glenn roberto and john thanks so much for listening it's great to be back with you uh, we'll be back with you on another episode of soccer in the city next week Have a great night, everybody, and enjoy New York City FC and Toronto.